Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. He's Todd Erzin. He's Aaron McIntyre. Today is sneezing day on the sinus infection schedule, which means we're getting close to the tail end here. The lossages are gone. So you don't have to hear me um, working one of those uh, during uh, segments uh, today. So that's good. The bad news is at any given point in time, uh, the tingle in my nose may decide to uh, detonate. So just be prepared. It is sneezing day with the sinus infection, but that's a good sign. Uh, It means that we are at the tail end of this event. And some of you that are new to the show here over the last couple of years, I don't think I've had one of these in a couple of years, right? Um, I mean, this used to be a once or twice a year occasion, pre-COVID. Then COVID came in and basically uh, virally replaced all lesser infections. So maybe that's also a good sign that my sinus infections have returned as well to some uh, state of, of normalcy here in the country. What, what's with the look on your face? There's no look. Right. There's no just, look. I, I was pondering the fact uh, I, I still have not been sick myself. I mean, I've, I know there's been cold symptoms, but yeah. I've not been sick sick since before COVID. I mean, I'm trying to remember the last time I had to take a sick day on the show. Oh, I, I mean, I came in here with full-blown COVID on two different occasions. Yeah. You know? So um, I'm trying to think of when the last time I was so sick, though, I had to take a sick day. It's, it's been a while. Has it happened since you guys have worked here? But I just said, well, I don't the, think I can make it. The, the, the heart issue day, I don't think you came in on that. You remember when you had some heart issues and you had to stop drinking green tea? Oh, yeah, we yeah. thought it was take, something serious. And it was yeah. just I was drinking more Coke Zero than Stu. Yeah. And so I had to give that yeah, up. Yeah, there was that. <laughs> right around Lent season, That's actually, it. if I recall. So that was my Protestant experience with Lent. I gave up uh, Coke Zero once and forever. That wasn't respiratory virus. Sake. No, no, that was not. So now there I you d- go. There's I the didn't one. have a look on my face about your health, but I, now that you're asking about looks on my face, I had one earlier. We may have to fire your daughter. You realize that? For... Did you see the, the what she inspired yesterday? Uh, the memes about TikTok videos? And now they're putting up holes and they're making them of the dance. So I'm just saying, get your house in order. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Handle your business, Dace. <laughs> That's right. What kind of patriarch are you? <laughs> Indeed. Um, can, I, can I start everything? I want to start everything off today with a live raid. Okay. Because it'll, it'll make everybody that lives in most of the country feel better. All right. Today is March 1. And I don't know about you guys. There's two times of year where I just get a psychological boost on the calendar. All right. You know, November 1st and March 1st. November 1st. Yep. When it is officially Christmas time. Yep. And then March 1st, where you can see the desolation is almost at an end. Right. You know, and I want the world to say this after like the easiest winter in. Doesn't matter. It was still a winter. It was still a winter. But uh, you're right. It was much nothing like the last couple. The last couple were pretty brutal. Uh, this one so far, you're right, has been fairly mild. But it was a winter nevertheless. And I want the world to know Shamrock Shakes have been out for an entire week. And because Todd has, has influenced me when it comes to the, 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 the necessary time and place for tradition, I've not had one yet. And the reason why is I just thought it's not time. It's February. It's not time for a Shamrock Shake. All right. <laughs> But now that it's March, you're so great. <laughs> Just and predictable. The layers yes. of this onion, I love. Just. But now that it's March, it's on. 
All right. It is absolutely friggin' on. Get those shamrock machines ready. All right. And of course, I'll be seeing more of the Peloton on the back end of that to make up for it. All right. But uh, are they really? I haven't had one since I was a kid. Are they really good or is this nostalgia? Because you're yes. a champion at both yes. when it comes to this. Yes, is the answer. Yeah. Because for me, nostalgia just adds to the. The, the experience, right? The, the the nostalgia of it. That's one of the one of the things I love about college football is that that the tradition that it is so much associated with, mm-hmm. right? You know, and so, yeah. The answer is they're pretty good. I mean, I mean, if we did a blind taste test, the Arby's mint shake would blow it away. All right, but it's not just about how it tastes. It's the it's the symbolism. No, it's I the nostalgia of the tradition that. of what it means. I would think a good Catholic like yourself no, I'm not. would be totally, totally, I'm speaking your language, I would I imagine. wanted to know. This, I is, w- this is almost liturgical what I'm I, describing I, here, I thought right? maybe this is your little Lenten pilgrimage indeed, here. Yes. Indeed. And so along those lines, allow me to welcome back a ton of sun outside in Iowa today. Didn't even wear a jacket on March 1. It's so nice out right now. Allow me to welcome back our friends at Tiger Coolers today. That's kind of just a... Isn't that a sign? The dude, hibernation's yeah, just about dude. over. The desolation's just about over. That they're back on the schedule again. Same thought. And I had, we have NFL Network on. I had that kind of playing in the background. Yeah. The promo for the Masters came on. There you go. Yeah. You start looking for those little, those little signs, right? So Tiger Coolers want you to know spring is here or close to here. Uh, time to get back out into the sun. And you need a great cooler to do that from our friends over at Tyga Coolers, heavy duty, built to last coolers that come in lots of colors. They can also be customized uh, for personal or corporate gifts and events. And they also work really well to keep food and drinks cool while looking cool at the same time. Veteran owned company, all of it made and employed uh, by Americans right here in America. Uh, and most importantly, they are in stock. No supply chain issues here. So get a jump on spring when you go to tigacoolers.com, T-A-I-G-A, tigacoolers.com, design one for you, your family, friends, clients, or just say, hey, I just want a nice looking cooler. I don't care what it look, what color it is or, or what logo's on it. I just want a, a good cooler. They'll just give you one of those too with 10% off as a discount with the promo code Steve at checkout. Promo code Steve at checkout. Make for great gifts. Come with a lifetime warranty. Uh, visit tigacoolers.com. That's tigacoolers.com. 10% off with the promo code Steve at checkout. All right, coming up on the show today, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz. Now he can add best-selling author to his rather prodigious bio. I think Daniel is not sure what to do with a commercial success. You know, uh, part of him loves it. A part of him, I think, feels a little dirty. Uh, And then a part of him... um, just is like uber competitive this is like like you know daniel is not comfortable that he made the black album he just wanted to keep making master of puppets over and over again if you get the analogy all right he likes uh, give me a select group of people who are really hardcore and really believe in the music we're doing here now that he's uh, daniel horowitz of mass commercial appeal what will he ever do with himself as a prophet of woe and lamentation, right? Uh, I faced that exact same specter a couple of years ago. Um, so what, what do you do when you're like, they like me. They really, really like me. We'll find out from Daniel, and I'm sure he will bring some woe and lamentation coming up uh, later in the program as well. We will play by Souther Hold beginning at the bottom of the hour, but let us begin as we always do with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away.
What Happened While We Were Away, brought to you by the biggest D in town. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot is out. After last night's mayoral election, Lightfoot was defeated. The race now heads to a runoff between Paul Vallis, a guy who thinks cops are racist, and Brandon Johnson, a union organizer and avowed socialist. Lightfoot's legacy is one of shouting, Thank you, Clarence Thomas flouting her own COVID lockdowns in order to get her hair did and emailing somebody saying she has the biggest D in town. The Supreme Court seems poised to strike down Biden's last gap attempt to forgive millions of Americans' student loans. SCOTUS yesterday heard arguments in a suit brought about by the order and questioned the administration's power to, you know, actually do this. Notorious or not, pipe bomber update. Here's FBI Director Chris Ray. Ford Fisher tweets, what I'd really like to ask the FBI Director on January 5th, 2021, a still unidentified person planted pipe bombs at the DNC and RNC, which diverted law enforcement um, attention and resources on January 6th. With hundreds of other January 6th defendants arrested over two years, how has the bomber still not been caught? Does the FBI director feel confidently that they will come someday be brought to justice? Well, I will say that I have enormous confidence in the team, the dedicated team that is focused exclusively on that investigation. And we have uh, devoted loads and loads of effort into that specific investigation. We've done investigative publicity, calling for the public's help. And so our folks are working very, very hard on that investigation. And those folks, those FBI agents, analysts, and professional staff, I have total confidence in them. The first radio ad of the 2024 primary has dropped. Here's the video version. A tale of two governors, Ron DeSantis, always putting freedom first, undoing the Trump lockdowns, taking on Fauci's vaccine passports, taking on big corporations and unions defending parents' rights, taking on big banks to stop woke lending, and taking a stand. Sending Biden's migrants to Martha's Vineyard, DeSantis cut taxes, banned critical race theory, defended the unborn and expanded gun rights. Ron DeSantis, always putting freedom first. Nikki Haley, a woke empty suit who looks good on TV. But that's about it. Haley did nothing as governor but demolish Confederate memorials. Then Haley quit on Trump at the UN to run for president on a platform of identity politics and more money for Ukraine. Two governors, two different records. Nikki Haley, weak and woke. Ron DeSantis, always putting freedom first. Rages conservatives packed me for this ad and is responsible for its contents. Not authorized by the candidate or candidate committee. CCPAC.us. Millstones update. Here's an 11-year-old from Maine. I'm a sixth grader. I was in the library, and this book was on a stand. I'd like to read you a page. My back over my hips as I ask if we should take off, take our clothes off. And he's saying yes before I finish my sentence. He's pulling off my T-shirt, laughing when I can't undo his shirt buttons. He's undoing my belt. I'm reaching into his bedside drawer for a condom. We're kissing. Again, we're rolling over. Obviously, you can see where this is going. I don't know if it's because we're feeling especially emotional or just tired, or these past couple of weeks have been too much. But this reminds me so much of the first time we had sex. We were both terrified, and the whole thing was kind of terrible because we didn't know what we were doing. But it was good too, so good, because we were a mess of emotions, and we were scared and excited, and everything felt new. So this sort of thing, this sort of feels like that. Nick touches me like he's scared that any minute. Now, this book was at my middle school, and it was on a stand. When I rented it out to show my dad it, uh, the librarian asked if I wanted more and if I wanted a graphic novel version.
And finally, story time with Joe Biden. And Pearl Nelson, military. She'd come in and do things that I don't think you learn in medical school, nursing school. She'd whisper in my ear. I didn't, couldn't understand him. She'd whisper, she'd lean down. She'd actually breathe on me to make sure that I was, that there was a connection, a human connection. And that's what happened while we were away. What the hell is he talking about? Do you know? He's the perfect president I agree. for this I time. I completely agree. Yeah, I mean, he's the perfect symbol for a, a once great and proud civilization that has just essentially let go of the rope and given up on itself and is just a feeble weekend at Bernie's whitewashed tomb version of what its perception once was. I completely oh, agree. Yeah. I know you just weren't even thinking of that movie like 10 seconds ago in your recall, but like... I'm not kidding you. I, I think before he was necromancer, we wondered what happened mm -hmm. all of a sudden. I think somebody saw Weekend at Bernie's as when it's yeah, this, this, this is, is it. Yes, this yeah. is our ticket. This is the prop me up beside the jukebox presidency. Yeah. No question about it. Uh, Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Bonner Private Wines. You might need a drink after watching that. Uh, and you've heard us talking about these extreme altitude wines grown deep in the Andes Mountains, high in the Andes Mountains as well, about 9,000 feet of altitude. Ideal for perfect Malbec grapes, which are ideal for perfect red wine from families that have been doing this for now going on a second century. And if you want to see why we all like them and why Todd is literally obsessed with them, uh, you can go to BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve today. They've added to the deal. You still get the standard half off the wine and then half off the shipping, which is a big deal when you're talking about imported wines. But now they're adding a bonus bottle of small batch limited production wine from their exclusive wine cellar. So so it's four bottles for the price of three with the special deal. When you go to Bonner, B-O-N-N-E-R, BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve. Again, that's BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve. Any previous generation of America. You know, let's do it this way. I'm going to ask you a question. Any previous generation of Americans, regardless of socioeconomic status, racial identity, era, um, period of, of, of time. Think of the, the, the dawn of this republic in 1776. Every generation of this country, every iteration of it, and we've had our ups and downs, right? Not, not, a, not every era has been a Pax Romana. No, it has right? not. We've had our own national sins and blind spots we've had to confront and overcome, right? I want you to ask yourself this question. Answer it and answer it to yourself quietly. You never know who's listening. Any previous generation of Americans, urban, rural, suburban, white, black, Immigrant, native-born, any previous era of this country, a sixth-grade boy comes home with a book from the library that he checked out, that he was able to get access to, that included the material that young man read at his school board meeting in Aaron's montage a moment ago. What would have been their response and reaction? Yes. 
Moving on. Let's talk about the radio ad. First radio ad of the 2024 primary. First one that is up in both Iowa and New Hampshire. I know the, by the way, in the interest of full disclosure, I know the guys that run that super PAC. I've known them for a long time. That was my first question. Okay. So I do know them. Um, So that is not a DeSantis ad. They are an independent conservative PAC. They ran a bit. They were with Cruz in the 2016 primary, ran a bunch of stuff for us. And then were very aggressive with Trump in 2016 and 2020 uh, in the general elections there. So they're coming out and coming in hot with DeSantis and that messaging. Some of the things that stand out to me, uh, how many times the term woke is invoked. And so that tells you that uh, they think that that's a radioactive term with the public, that they were willing to figure out ways to work that into the script, right? They were, I mean, they, they, that was, you know, they, they made woke conjunction, junction, what's your function? I mean, they put that in every sentence they possibly could there. Um, the dichotomy of the tale of two governors, Ron DeSantis kind of uh, being presented there as the new way for the Republican Party, Nikki Haley kind of representing the old way of the Republican Party, and the reference to Trump's lockdowns, which I think is the only reference to the former president in the entire ad. What do you think in terms of that? That's the first message we've seen from anybody. Yeah. On the air in the two earliest uh, caucus and primary states, Iowa, New Hampshire. So let's discuss. What do you think in terms of setting a tone from where things go from well, here on March the 1st? I think two things, and I don't know who you're talking about, Steve. Mm-hmm. Uh, you didn't, you didn't disclose that to me in terms of who did the ad. But I think two things that I think might be controversial, others might not think. I, when this this proves my point that Nikki Haley is a bigger component of what's coming up in this election than many people are willing to let on. If for Along, no other reason, for, uh, just to be a foil, basically. Uh, well, uh, well uh, I don't, you know, I, you know these guys, I don't. But I, by lifting, you, you recognize her as somebody legitimate if you're comparing them to DeSantis here. If she if she's a nothing burger, I don't what's the point of uh, of making this comparison I at think all? if I, they were here they would say you know that's a great question. So I think if we put the Wonder Woman lasso of truth mm-hmm. around them and actually knowing these guys they might just say it out loud even without that. The reality is that that, that they are better off seeing how much it reverbs on Trump when he attacks DeSantis, okay? That right now a lot of people, those are their top two candidates in some order. And then everybody else is in a distant, you know, area code in another town in terms of consideration. And so to avoid reverb of directly going at Trump right off the bat, contrast yourself with Nikki Haley, who there is not oh, nearly see. as high a regard for. Well, and that's the second thing. I would not, you said they're, they're not working for him, but I would, you're not helping him. By comparing him See, to Nikki Haley. This, so on two fronts, I, I, and I'm saying that she's more serious. You know, I've said this on the show multiple times. Mm-hmm. I think she's more a serious player because she's a woman and she was successful in her last post mm-hmm. than a lot of people are willing to think. Uh, think. But also, 
you do not start off comparing yourself to her if you're Ron DeSantis. I, I don't understand the point of this. See, that yeah. was going to be my question. The, the main criticism I've seen in reaction to this ad is that it's punching down. I do not agree with that, actually. But is is that a is that a does that sound viable? like what you're saying, Todd? You think he's either either Nikki Haley is legit or, or DeSantis or or this is again this is not associated anyway with the DeSantis campaign. They're just fans. I of think it. she is legit. I don't think this is punching down. Okay. But I don't. I, I don't think this. Nobody believes that this is the 400-pound gorilla in the fight. Why? Are, we all said just, and again, it's not him. Do your job, legislate, don't even get involved in this. Why is? And that's good advice. Everybody should be heeding that. If Ron wanted to pick this fight, he'd pick it. Look, he picks all of these fights. Why are we doing this? Now, which begs the question, are they doing it for him? Oh, these guys are very pro-DeSantis. Well, I know, but are they doing it for him more than... I, I don't know what the relationships are. Is he thumbs up on this in any way, shape, or form? Is he like, I, I've got nothing to do with this. I don't oh, care. Oh, I bet what... you the first time Ron DeSantis saw this ad is when it started circulating on social media. I just don't... I think this actually serves to elevate her. Hmm. Okay. What do you think, Aaron? See, I don't, I, I don't think that this is punching down. I think this is a... I think the only chance that Trump really has at splitting DeSantis's base because they're vying for the same base of splintering that is effectively painting him as establishment which is what he's tried to do which is what he's tried to do so yeah. far if this were any other candidate if this was like Vivek or if this was Mike Pompeo or you know Mike Pence I would say it's maybe punching down Nikki Haley is indeed an empty suit. I think it's effective in differentiating Ron DeSantis from the establishment, the uh, kind of believe nothing, do nothing wing, mm -hmm. corporatist wing. So I think it's effective in that, right? I do understand, well, why, why are you going after Nikki Haley? Well, because she's, she's announced. She's announced. I think an even more effective ad would be like something along the lines. I think this is running in Iowa and New Hampshire, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I think maybe doing one just for Iowa. Nikki Haley isn't even as good as your governor. Why do you want her as president? If it's just going after her. But no, I think this is attempting to maybe stave off any attempt at painting Ron DeSantis in an establishment light. And I think both of you, I mean, both of your takes could turn out to be simultaneously true. And I mean, this is six weeks from now, we're not going to remember this ad. We're going to, I mean, this thing's, this is the first of what are going to be numerous salvos. I've been told by numerous little birdies that Trump's people are telling folks that they're coming out with some bombshell on Friday. I don't know if it's related to DeSantis or something else, but I mean, this, this thing is, you know, I mean, this is, this is going to be a Rocky fight in the 10th, 11th and 12th round to the, to the final bell. Just, you know, guys sitting in the center of the ring, throwing haymakers at each other and we'll see who the last one is standing you know so this is just the opening salvo one of the things that i do think will have to be reckoned with where trump is concerned is and, it, and, and in a way it's it, in a strange way it's a compliment to him at the same time because, folks, overall, his hiring and appointment record as president was not good. I mean, it was not good. Correct. And, and so it, it kind of shows you, in a way, the strength of his will, that virtually everything he was able to get done in his presidency that we appreciate, he, was, he just made it happen unilaterally. 
with executive power, which also explains why, you know, the 15 minutes after Joe Biden forgot that he got inaugurated, he was able to sign, you know, anathema executive orders, ending all those things we like. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, But um, his his hiring. Not good. Uh, And Christopher Wray, to me, is one of the best examples of this. I mean, he was he was a horrible FBI director for Trump. He's horrible now. Um, props to Brett Baer for asking him about, is it Mark Hoke, right? That's the pro-life yeah. leader whose yeah. home they raided for asking him about that and forcing him to respond. And, uh, you know, Ray out there claiming that they're apolitical. This is the same Christopher Ray who said during the George Floyd uh, riots that Antifa's just an idea. That was a, that's, that's, those are his exact words. It's not a real organism. It's just an idea. Um, that is something that I think Trump's going to have to I, be able to answer is how do what, who's the new team? What, what lessons did you learn? Because, I mean, how many Trump appointed judges have been responsible for indefinite incarceration of January 6th prisoners, right? How many Trump appointments either have done him dirty numerous times, Ray among them, or and or his supporters? And I, I absolutely think that is something that he'll, that will have to be that will be confronted in this process, and and the fact that Ray is now also coming out saying, well, yes, we suspect a lab leak origin for the virus as well. You know, so technically, what is said in the overtime is supposed to stay in the overtime, but since this is the second day in a row, this has, pardon the pun, spilled over into a news item. See what you did there. See what I did there? Yeah. Um, It is very clear that China making its geopolitical position on Ukraine and Russia clear, which is pro-Putin, that they're they're not going to cover for them any longer. I mean, I saw somebody tweet this, and if I could remember the name, I'd credit them, because, you know, I try to do that as often as I can, but I can't. Hans something was his name. I can't remember the full name. But he pointed out, there is no evidence that's any different than what we knew a year or two right. ago. No, there, there's nothing has come out that wasn't in Sherry Markson's book almost two years ago. Okay. Nothing's changed. All that's changed is China's geopolitical position. And that analysis by Hans, forgive me, not remembering your, remembering your last name. Uh, that analysis is spot on. Exactly. Correct. Cause with the regime, it's all narrative all the time. It's all agenda all the time. Truth is, Secondary, if not even a, if even a non-factor, so this is nothing other than um, the era of triangulating China uh, against Russia, going back to Nixon, is over. Uh, China now has formed its own little allied pact with Putin, and so therefore we're done being simps to the degree that we once were, at least uh, for the for for the for the Shycoms. Does this mean that Fauci's finally vulnerable because he ain't changing his tune? He was just on camera. I know. So is he finally wondering That's, if he's you know, about to get shanked? I, I think if I were Anthony, I might consider lawyering, lawyering up. You're, you're of no good to anybody. No. You're used up. You're washed up. And the first rule of assassinations, folks, is you, you kill the assassins. I mean, what, what does Anthony Fauci bring to the table? What does he do for them at this point? Nothing. And it's not as if he wasn't willing to change his tune before and right. do a total 180. So why not now? That's, that's, a, that's that, fascinating. That, that's exactly right. They're, they're, he's of no good to them. And I just want to make sure my position on this is clear. I don't believe Vladimir Putin is a good person. I think he's one of the worst tyrants in the world. 
However, he also didn't spend almost an entire calendar year attempting to coerce and then command tens of millions of Americans into getting mass poisoned. And now we're on the back end of that and seeing continued escalation of excess deaths, heart ailments, other maladies, disability claims on the job site. Vladimir Putin didn't do that. Joe Biden did. Joe Biden did that. So no, they're, they're anything short of Vladimir Putin landing troops on American soil, or frankly, anyone else for that matter, anything short of that, my house, including none of my fighting age children, are donning a uniform and, die, and dying for Dementia Joe. Period. End of sentence. Anything short of the Shycoms, the Russians, land troops, Red Dawn style on our own soil, so now our own homes are at stake. Anything short of that? Not my problem. Not my government. Not my problem. I, I live in America. Whatever this is, ain't it. And we're not fighting and flying for, an, for another flag. I just want to make that very clear. Y'all can, y'all can send your sons and daughters and yourselves and you can die on your own. Mitt Romney, you're up first. Buy, sell, or hold is next. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show, and it is time to begin one of our most favorite times of the week, each and every week. Time for Buy, Sell, or Hold. This is where Aaron, with a little help from his friends, that would be all of you in listener land, or viewer land, if the case, as the case may be, uh, when he has hand-selected your suggestions for things you want Todd and I to pontificate on, to buy or sell, no topic is off-limits, and if we decide to hold for any reason, there are no valid reasons not to take a position as a dude. None. Um, well... Unless it's dirty dancing. Yes. Yeah. I should take that back. There, there are some cases where... There is a valid position, but just to make it difficult on us so that we don't take the easy way out, so that we don't punk out, okay? Your hold has to be of such an extremely good reason that, Todd, if you, if you call for a hold, you will do some dirty dancing with Lindsey Graham. No. You ready? Yes. How many times are you holding? Never. Never? You sure? Yes. You're not enticed at least a little bit? No. Not at all? Can't remember the last time I held. <laughs> all right, here we go. I did not tell you I was going to be doing this at the top of buy, sell, or hold, but I'm going to throw something at you unprompted here. This is a video on the Rich Eisen show. It's a sports show, if you haven't heard of Rich Eisen. Yeah. This is Colorado football head coach Deion Sanders discussing whom he likes to recruit for different positions. Buy, sell, or hold, you think Deion Sanders, you think this sounds like a leader of men himself. Quarterbacks are different. Yeah. We want 
mother, father, you know, dual parent. Mm -hmm. We want that kid to be three, five, and up because he's got to be smart. Mm -hmm. um, not bad decisions off the field uh, at all mm -hmm. because he has to be a leader of men. It's so many different attributes and what we look for. Uh, physical, I mean, offensive line. My defensive line is totally opposite. What do you mean? Single mama. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Trying to get it. Uh, he's on free lunch. I mean, like, uh, uh, I mean, I'm talking about just trying to make it. He's trying to rescue mama. Like, mama barely made the flight. Buy, sell, or hold. That's a leader of men. That's sell. You're going to sell? Why? I don't think... Dion's a bad guy. I think he's reformed his life. But listen, this is college football is becoming a caricature of itself. We, we've shed all the things that made it what it was. I mean, it, it, it's still glitzy. It's just like America. It's still got a lot of bells and whistles on it. But I mean, it's hollowed out from the inside. I don't want I wouldn't want my son playing for that. I mean, he's, he's making a joke. He thinks he's funny, but Aaron's trying to bottom line this for you. Um, That's I mean, I, I don't, they're listening to that. I don't, he's, he's perfect for name, image, and likeness, all this. College football is going to become more and more like this. It's sad. It's truly sad. I'm going to take the opposite position just to see if I can make a case for it. All right. Um, so I will buy that that is a leader of men. Um. And here's the and and I wanted you to go first because I knew you would take that position, and so I wanted to know, give myself more time to think about how I would lay out the opposite position. And this is the best I could come up with in the minute and a half you gave me with your answer. Uh, number one, he's got a vision. Number two, uh, he knows uh, and is willing to implement that vision fearlessly, regardless of. Um, uh, what will offend, what will hurt people's feelings, um, zero zip zilch regard for any of that. And number three, um, those are probably things that when the microphones aren't on and the cameras aren't in their faces, almost every major college football coach in the history of the sport has either thought or said um, themselves or to one another. He's just willing to say them out loud on camera because he's a celebrity and so and a minority celebrity and gets away with saying things like that. Where if Nick Saban said stuff like that, you know, people have been like, it's been a couple years since Nick's won a national title and now he's a racist and has to go. OK, so that's my best case for why in the era in which we live. That that is a leader of men. Not just, saying it's a good it's, case. That's no, just ridiculous. That's, that's my best. Let one, me. I, I believe in this so strongly. I'm going to defend the Iowa Hawkeye football program. Oh no! No, real. This is a sign of the apocalypse right here. This is. It has to be said. Kirk Ferentz is an oh, excellent yeah. leader of men, and he just got dragged what two, three years ago for having standards of how young men dress, white, black, or otherwise. And then every, they, a couple uh, ex-players got the sads and you didn't let me wear my hoodies and all this stuff. I mean, it, it's okay to caricature if you're Dion doing this garbage. But I mean, honestly, this is, this is civilization killer kind of stuff. I hope, and I hope, I mean, football deserves a painful death and all its fans deserve a painful death. 
not having the thing that they covet the most. If this is a standard that they accept, and they accept it every single day right now. All these people out there, the Combine's going on right now, you know damn well they care more about the Combine than what's going on in their kids' own school. This is... This is stupid. What if Ollie? What if what if Ollie did was discuss what he said about quarterbacks and nothing else? I added no other contrast of other positions or things of that nature. So here's what if he just said, "Hey, that's well, that's the face of our team, he, essentially. He might, and that's what we need." So the implications that he's drawing here, he he's probably correct, maybe about some of them. The inverse of what he's saying, though, if you come from a single parent household, if you're super hungry, if you're not smart. I'm not going to expect you to be a leader of men. That's a little weird. If you're running a football program, you need to expect everyone to show leadership on some some level. The inverse of what he's saying about the defensive linemen. Uh, you know, if you come from a single parent home, you know, if you're trying, if you're hungry, that probably means you're not going to be a leader. That uh, that doesn't really ring true to me. I think the expectations should be the same across the board if you're leading young men. You can have all the expectations you want. Whether they can realize those expectations is totally different. Not debating would, that. Would yeah. it, would, I mean, would, would all of us sit here, I, I'm guessing all three of us would say, the likelihood that someone will become, I, now there's always exceptions, but are the odds greater that someone will become the, the kind of leader that you want as the face of an organization or a team with the right male role model in the home than without? Oh, there's always exceptions, right? Well, there's mm-hmm. always exceptions. But are the chances higher that with the right male role model in the home, you will, you will realize that potential than without? Yeah. Okay. That's why I said, what if he just left it there? Right? What if Rich doesn't ask him about, hey, what about, you know, some of the other, other positions? And, just the, and, it was, and, and it was just, that was just his answer about the quarterback position. Would your answer be different, Todd? Oh, it's, it's a totally different discussion. I mean, I... I I didn't see anything notable after that. I, I it was because to me it's the it it's unremarkable because I, it's the part after the quarterback conversation that takes it from hey it, he's got some balls saying that out loud and we all know it to be true to well now now you wonder I don't does think he, he does he does he is it really that he has a value system and that's why he want he looks for that in his quarterback or he just has a system for winning and these are the kinds of caricatures of individuals I need in each of these positions you see what I'm trying to say I do so but I'm just none of checking it took boxes balls and it's not particularly deep yeah like, it's it's just not see I thought the first part for this era was pretty deep the second part is where now it just gets into. Oh, we're not there's there's no higher thing here other than these are you know it, it, he's we basically just, coaching a version of the movie the program right I just I need these various stereotypes on my team uh, in order to win we as all, opposed listen, to I have a vision and I this is the second time when he went into Colorado and we had we played it right Aaron we played the tape of him going into that locker room first time and he said a lot of you guys basically pack your bags he hadn't met him he didn't know anything about him he, I mean he just knew they sucked um, okay, so what the hell does he know about men? Well, I don't want to hear about men on it. Just say what this is. It's a meat market. Mm-hmm. I don't want that. I would never send my son to it. I'm, I'm just... Footballs... I, you know how I'm, I love watching the game as much as anybody else, but it's making fools out of half of the species. We will move on to listener and viewer submissions. First up is Gina, who says DeSantis Vivek 2024. 
because nobody can spell his last name. How do you spell? How do you say his first? I think it's name? It's Ramaswamy, isn't Ramaswamy, it? Ramaswamy. Yeah. yeah. How do you say his first name? Vivek. Vivek. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we. So have I met. I haven't even had a chance to talk too much about this. I, I met Vivek last week, and um, I, I I don't believe anyone has a chance other than DeSantis or Trump. I don't. But Iowans do love. You know, typically you have to be in the top three in Iowa. There's only been one Republican ever who won the nomination that didn't finish in the top three of a contested Iowa caucus. And I think, I think on the Democratic side, no one has ever won the nomination until Joe Biden. Joe Biden was the first Democrat to not finish in the top three in Iowa that went on to win the nomination. And that involved dark magic. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Necromancy, as you like to put it. Um, and so Iowans, whether it's um, uh, Dennis, uh, who am I thinking of, the Ohio... Kucinich. Yeah. yeah. Whether it's Dennis Kucinich on the left, okay, or Pat Robertson on the right, Iowans typically like to, you know, I, we Iowans don't view ourselves as the kingmakers. Everybody always says, well, Iowa doesn't pick the nominee every time. And I keep, in every cycle, I always say, Iowans literally don't think it's their job to pick the nominee. Iowans are nice to a fault. They think it would be extremely arrogant to have a small state that goes before everybody else decide who the, the nominee should be for the entire rest of the country. Iowans take their process of not selecting nominees, but weeding out. Uh, the field. They, they view themselves as a winnowing fork, to use an agricultural term. They, you know, we, we get a full year of access and exposure to these people, and here are the three or, you know, and on each side that we, we kind of think are the most legit. That's the way most Iowans, Republican or Democrat, appro- approach this process. And so there's usually a spot, not always, but there's usually a spot for somebody that Iowans think, yeah, maybe this guy can't win, maybe he's not going anywhere, but he's, got, he's interesting, new, and we want to give him more of a hearing, so we'll put him in our top three, and that way he has more of an audience moving on from here. I could see Vivek being that person on the right. And, and I can see it for three reasons. He's got FU money. I mean, I, I could just see it in the way he answered questions. And he had a packed house at the event I was at last week. That would have been a good crowd for middle or even late into the process, let alone the very first Iowa caucus event probably almost anybody's been to. He had a packed house. He answered every question for as long as he could. We actually had to pull him off the stage to go do Hannity Live. And he's, he, he took questions on Hinduism, everything. Iowans will love that. Iowans will love his willingness to, to, to entertain their queries and engage them individually. They will love that. Okay. So he's got FU money, so he doesn't care what his answers are. Like, I mean, he sold his company to literally run for office. So, I mean, he doesn't care. He's young, so he's got a, a, a very high energy level. I think he's, what, 39? I mean, he, was, he stood up there. He was already an hour into answering questions by the time I got there and then stood up there for another hour answering questions. And again, like I said, he had to be pulled off the stage. So he's got FU money, so he'll say whatever he wants. Um, he's young. Um, and he genuinely has a... They may not be your issues, right? You may not think, think you know, running against work, woke corporatism or ESG or DEI, the stuff that he really faced as a CEO, those may not be issues that are paramount to you. Trust me, though, they are. But you know what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. Those might not be the things that get you up in the morning if you're an Iowa voter, but you got to have something that does. You can't just run on a... And this is why a lot of businessmen aren't good candidates. They have this sort of generic managerial attitude. They're not really fiery or passionate about any particular issue other than their ability to manage it. 
And Trump was going down this road in Iowa until he glommed onto the immigration issue. I mean, Trump's first six months on the campaign trail in Iowa went nowhere. It was funny. People laughed. But it was all China and Jeb Bush and trade policy and no one cared. OK, it was when he hit the when he got onto the immigration issue that that summer. That's when the whole calculus changed. Now he had found issues that he was passionate about that other people were too. He's got those. And a lot of businessmen, when they hit the campaign trail, don't have those to start with. They're just running on their ability to fix your problems and manage the country. And that just makes him sound really distant, um, impersonal, and technocratic. He has a slate of issues that he's already really fired up about. So that makes him more animated than your typical business person, can't, first-time candidate. And he's got, he's got youth and energy and FU money. So he's happy to sit there and answer all your questions on any topic, religion, anything. He'll sit there and talk. That will play very well in Iowa, for sure. I, I could see him being a lot of people's like third choice um, on caucus night. I could see him actually being a surprised third a year from now. So he's more likely to ask Trump to run with him uh listen he look at who he's hired uh, uh pusha uh, even our uh our guy kyle uh, lamb like the, these are oh so the he you're not talking about vivek you're talking about desantis as the he okay yeah gotcha. desantis right. like he wasn't sure the antecedent there he, my bad he's a, he's a hardcore surgeon he likes to go there and cut uh and he's gonna want a fellow cutter uh, to, to do the not kind of work he's going to need to do as president of the United States and somebody he can trust. And I don't know. Prove me wrong, Vivek, but I need to know a lot more. By the way, Vivek's first hire, Kathy Barnett. Next, we go to, quickly before the break, Trinity, who has this. Buy, sell, or hold the four best running backs in Tecmo Bowl. Uh, number four, Emmett Smith. Number three, Roger Craig. Number two, Bo Jackson. And number one, Barry Sanders. I got to sell, man. You missed an obvious one. Obvious it's one. It's from Aaron's team, right? Yeah, where's your Christian Okoye? I, I mean, that's, our, that's, yes. that's, that's no lower than number two, man. Yeah. Okay. Christian Okoye has to be on that totally list. Agree. All right. So I'm with you on Roger Craig. Absolutely with you on Bo Jackson. Okay. But Christian Okoye has to be on that list, money. Yeah. yeah. I don't honestly, I honestly don't remember Emmett. On Tech Mobile. Neither do I. Hmm. Unless we're talking about Super Tecmo 2. Yeah, well, then we're Because Emmett came in in what, 90? Yeah, yeah 90, he came in the year after Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders came in Christian in Akoya 89, and, uh, and Emmett came in in 1990. But Christian Okoye was a beast. Yes. Coming up after the break, you remember on Feedback Friday, the note sent from one Deborah. Remember that? Oh, oh, I, I do. We, because does, I've gotten about 50 so emails Twitter. about yes. it. We yes. have a top 10 list involving one Deborah. Oh, boy. Coming up. I thought it was fantastic. I think I've seen it. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. Number eight. You yeah. know how many people Genius. loved your response? When you <laughs> Mr. Were like, Deborah. Mr. Deborah right now. <laughs> Honey, what have you done? What did you bring upon this home? What have I've you been, done to our house? I've been thinking about him a lot this week. I hope you're okay, Mr. Deborah. I mean, I'm straight up, man. I got like 50 emails about that email this week for sure. Yeah. All right. We'll come back uh, hour two. More feedback Friday and then the weekly profit of woe and lamentation. But is he still now that he's a certain now that he's gone mainstream on us and, and now the who is sold out. They actually did an album called the who sold out once. Now that he's sold out and he's gone mainstream. Is he still the weekly profit of woe and lamentation? We will uh, we will provoke Daniel Horowitz to that end next hour. Stay tuned.
All right, back here with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Totters, and all of you. And all of you, hopefully though not all at once, can let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Email the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Getter. Uh, Instagram and TikTok, and then you can find me as well on Truth Social, and you've really got to look to find me there. At Real Steve Dace on Truth Social, at Real Steve Dace is where you can find us over there. Thank you to all of you that uh, have been listening uh, to the podcast. Uh, We appreciate each and every one of you. You're maybe the biggest overall component to our audience we have. Please, if you've yet to do these things, hit subscribe or follow uh, so that uh, the algorithm knows that you are a daily devotee uh, and then leave us a five-star review as well so that the algorithm knows that you like us. You really, really like us. And thank you to all of you that have done those things for us already. This portion of the show brought to you by our friends at Eden Pure. You can purify the air in your home uh, as well uh, as kill Uh, what actually is causing the odors in your home. Uh, Mold, mildew as well. Uh, Bacteria, even some viruses. Uh, Courtesy of the Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier uses Oxy technology. It is also filterless, so you'll never have to spend money out of pocket for filters or spend time replacing them. Uh, And it's called the Thunderstorm because it purifies the air in your home and provides you with the pure, fresh air that you feel and smell after an actual thunderstorm. Right now, you can save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack for whole home protection. The 3-pack for whole home protection. Three units for under 200 bucks. That's a fraction of the cost compared to their competitors out there. Uh, and you can also get free shipping, too. Free shipping, too, when you go to EdenPureDeals.com. EdenPureDeals.com. And use the promo code STEVE for the discount, as well as the free shipping. Promo code STEVE at EdenPureDeals.com. All right, let's get back to buy, sell, or hold. Following that, Daniel Horowitz joins us at the bottom of the hour. All right, I teased this going into the break. Top 10. Top 10. Deborah-based movies. There it is. Oh, no. Number 10, Complaining Day. Instead of Training Day? That's good. Obvious. I like it, yep. Number nine, 12 angry emails. Oh, gosh. You got a lot more than that, but yes, you this, bet. That's good. Yeah. This is the best. Number eight, Deb Django Unchained. <laughs> Deb Django. That's so good. I don't know how that gets better. Deb Django. Come on. And number seven, Driving Miss Deborah. Ooh, Crazy in oh, parentheses. Oh, boy. Yeah. That's. Now, Mr. Deborah absolutely is saying, What? What have you done? Number six. Are you there, Steve? It's me, Deborah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> nice. Thank you, Judy Bloom. Number five, Dace Memes, Life of Deborah. By the way, I should say, this submission is from Dacian Memes for Unvaccinated fiend, Fiends. You know, who is a, you know who's a big fan of Dacian Memes for Unvaccinated Fiends? Who? Our President Gaston Mooney is. <laughs> Do you think he's actually running the account? I, I, that, no, that, that dude, I would have mad, mad respect if this was his ghost account. But this is one of, he told me the other day, this is one of my favorite accounts on Twitter right now. <laughs> yes. Uh, number five is Dace Memes, Life of Deborah. Number four, Finding Mr. Deborah. I don't think Mr. Deborah wants to be found right now. I think Mr. Deborah is probably about no moss. Or he's trying to find us, Todd, if you know what I'm saying. I do. Yeah. 
Yeah. Number three, Raging BS. Ooh, good. That's yikes. Number two, It's a Wonderful Strife. Nice. And number one, Nefarious. Ah, that's a little too mean, maybe. Yeah, come on. I, I Again, everybody else was more put back by what she had to say than I was. I, I think those are, like, like I said last Friday, I think those, these are all, for the most part, valid points and questions to raise because... I wouldn't be the first person that you guys turned into a star maybe one day and made very wealthy one day who then turned his back on you, right? Remember the day we came in here and I kind of broke protocol. It's really an unwritten rule in our business. You don't do what I did after we had Bill O'Reilly on our, our network right before we went on, remember? And he was talking about having the cops if the cops don't want to take the poisonous jab, fire all the cops. I'm mm-hmm. like, so yeah, fire the first, f- fire, fire the first responders who go out there and risk their lives in that hell hole of New York city every day because they don't want to get poisoned. Right. And I kind of broke protocol and went on an opening show rant rebuking Bill O'Reilly. Do you remember this? Yeah. And, and one of the things I said to him is, you know, those cops and those people that you just alienated, they're the ones that made you, you were, dude, you were doing inside edition. You were better known as the guy who said, bleep it, we'll do it live, all right? They made you who you are, who you, well, really who you were when you used to be the, the most watched show in cable news. Those people you're turning your backs on, that you're advocating for their mass poisoning to mass firings, though that was your base, bruh. You, you, I mean, you're a turncoat, you're a quizzling. So it's not like there aren't plenty of examples of people that, and on our own side, that became what Deborah was questioning and worrying of, of me becoming, right? That's why I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm truly, have I complained about Deborah's email to you guys off the air or no. brought it up at no, all? No, no, no. I, 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 was, I sincerely was not offended by it at all. That's, I, I thought these were all very um, proper issues and questions to raise, which is why I treated it respectfully and as, as transparently as I possibly could. The rest of this audience didn't necessarily take it that way. (laughs) (laughs) All right, moving on. All right. Next, we have Sean Griffiths. Steve Day Show, TV character, Spirit Animals, Aaron Ron Swanson, Buy, Seller, Hold. You're a little young for it, but I could see it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Todd Red Foreman. Thank you. God God bless you. That's, yes. Dumbass. Thank you. (laughs) Steve, Alex P. Keaton's and Alex Jones's love child. gosh. (laughs) I, Lindsey Graham looking pretty good right about now. Yeah. I, <laughs> okay. All right. I could see that. All right. I'll buy. Yeah. 80s baby says, by the summer, Todd will indeed be drinking during the show. <laughs> Talk to me. I could definitely see that. I'll buy. Is that a, viol- is that a violation? Do we know? Uh, let's let's make it a violation. Let's, let, let's find out. Yeah. Let's yeah. find out. Brian Johnson says the box office success of Jesus Revolution, the events at Asbury, the upcoming release of Nefarious, and even the He Gets Us campaign shows us there's a movement in this country towards the Lord. We just may be in the infancy of that movement. I, I, I want to believe this. I, I want to believe this. So I will buy. Okay. And... One of you, and I can't remember who it was, so forgive me. One of you made the point to me in my inbox about the He Gets Us campaign in the last 24 hours. Uh, and I think this is a, a valid point, and I want to reiterate it here to the larger audience. 
it is possible. You know what? Let me let me take a step back. When and you'll hear me say this a lot here in the next year plus as the primary gets in a high gear and we get into the general election that people don't people don't evaluate candidates as standalone entities, but always in relationship to who their other options are. Right. Mm-hmm. OK, like when you go to a restaurant. I mean, somebody like Todd, if they don't like the entire menu, will just get up and leave. But most people won't do what you did. Right. They'll find something on the menu palatable because they're figuring we're already there you know what i'm trying to say okay and so they'll they'll say all right this may not you know uh, overall not a fan of the menu but i, I guess i'll give this a shot because i'm already here that's how more that's how most people judge judge candidates at the same time which is why if ron DeSantis wasn't in the race it wouldn't matter how many people operation uh warp speed killed or poisoned there'd be no accountability for trump for it because on virtually every other issue he'd be considered dramatically superior to the rest of the options right that's just the reality, okay? It might matter to people like you, Todd, mm-hmm. me, and a, a percentage of this audience, but even a majority of this audience would be like, even for this show, would be like, yeah, that was terrible, and I'll oppose him on that, but he's great on everything else, and everybody else that he's running against sucks on everything else that I care about. So, you know, that, that's just the realities of a fallen world in which we live. That's how most people assess situations. Um, they do it comparatively more so than objectively, Okay. Along those lines, let's apply that to us. We are we are evaluating that he gets us campaign and not just us. I've seen people like our own Ali Stuckey and others raise a lot of the same concerns and points about it that we have on our show. All right. We are evaluating it objectively. We are, we are looking at what it is presenting and realizing at best. At best, this isn't even Jesus 101. I mean, this is just like. You guys remember there was a guy named Jesus once. You know what I'm trying to say? I mean, mm-hmm. it's, like, it, it's like, you know, preschool Jesus. We're not even to, you know, we, we've barely left Ricky Bobby's dinner table where he's praying to baby Jesus here. Okay. Let alone Jesus is Lord. Jesus is King of Kings. Jesus is Savior. And so when we look at the He Gets Us campaign objectively, we have weighed and measured it and found it wanting. Right. What if we looked at it comparatively? What if we did not look at it as a standalone entity, but in comparison to what the current level of knowledge of the Christian faith and the historicity of Christ happens to be in the current culture? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Would, it, would we view it in, if we did not look at it as its own standalone thing and say that's just at best a not sufficient answer to what truly ails us? But we looked at it comparatively within the context of the current pathetic state of spirituality and and truth seeking and knowledge of the faith in a post-Christian America. Maybe you have a different outlook. Maybe that's, you know, maybe it would cause people that are that far gone to look at it for real for the first time. Does that make sense? I think that is mm-hmm. an interesting point. I, I don't know that it persuades me, but I it, it definitely gives me something else to consider. I, 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 so I'm considering it right now, as a matter of fact, that we, we may be so far gone that there's even a lot of people that don't even know. You know we're, we're out here debating whether Jesus is God, right? There's a lot of people who may not even know that Jesus was once a man. Make sense? Yeah. 
Does that have any value to you at all? Make you reevaluate he gets us at all? Well, yeah, you, as you remember, regarding he gets us, I was probably the most uh, conciliatory in my approach to trying to understand uh, what I uh, hope were uh, good intentions, even if they fell flat. But I, I'm going to ultimately sell because it's not going to be... I think Steve would agree with this. It's not going to be pop culture communication mm-hmm. uh, that ultimately... Is, like Steve's movie, I told you, I believe this can be top 10 movie of the year. Uh, if if it's just a gate receipt, and it's like, cool story, bro, and it, like, like, it's not... It, this is meant to change hearts and minds. Either people, because of the kind of things you're talking about, you mentioned, people will either withdraw and change their lives comp- uh, very, very much in, in, in terms of living in the world, or they will confront. And they do it like Steve read that letter about going to the Drag Queen Story Hour. It w- th- we need to see those things happen. If, it's, if these movies all make a ton of money, there's going to be people out there, oh, there's an appetite for... What did they do when they left that theater? If it doesn't change, and it's not Steve's fault, because that's a damn good movie, and after you see it, your life should change. But it's got to change in a fundamental way. It's not just enough that these... We've had spiritual movies made, good, bad, or otherwise, as long as Steve and I have been going to the movies. Good point. And, and I guess, here's a question I have, and I don't know, I wasn't there. Do, do we think Christian ministries, when they landed in primitive religiously primitive places meaning they had not been exposed to the truth of god's word um and the lordship of of christ jesus before did they lead like the he gets us campaign or did they lead by proclaiming his lordship they proclaimed his lordship. i would guess they led by proclaiming his lordship they didn't lead by proclaiming his humanity but again i, I could be wrong Next, fascinating discussion, by the way. Uh, Next up, Dueling Politics says the reason the U.S. government is admitting the lab leak in Wuhan is to open up the U.S. people to the idea of going to war with China. I don't know that I would go that far. I think it's, but it's certainly in recognition of China's support of Russia. Well, you know what? If you didn't watch yesterday's overtime, I'll give it to you today. Number one, there's three reasons they lied about this in 2020. Number one, Trump was in a trade war with China. They didn't want to hand him a very patriotic slash populist issue that he could use to reinforce his own China narrative successfully in a political campaign. They didn't want to hand him that. Um, number two, most of our institutions are simps for the Shycoms. Number three, um, our medical elites colluded with China to create the virus, and so their hands are on the murder weapon. That's 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 why they didn't want to admit this three years ago. The reason it's being admitted now are all three of those reasons in reverse. Trump is running again. And if Trump won't be the nominee, it'll be because Ron DeSantis beat him largely because his covid record was better than Trump's. And so they want to take whether it's Trump is the nominee or DeSantis is the nominee. They want to take this issue off the table right now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we're just going to own up to it right now. Take it off the table right now. Number two, uh, China has aligned with Russia publicly. So China's geopolitical interests have changed. We're, we're no longer triangulating China against and off of Russia. China and Russia are now aligned against us. And so there's, uh, there, it's not as politically uh, uh, correct or viable to simp for China anymore. Uh, 
um, because they're opposing the narrative of the regime in Ukraine. And then number three, a lot of those medical elites that colluded with this from Anthony Fauci to Francis Collins on down are gone. They've retired. They've moved on. They're not in any they're, they're of no use anymore. There's no point in protecting them. They're, they're not in any policy positions. So that's what we discussed in the overtime yesterday. Let's park it there for just a little bit. Just thought of this on the fly. So I've been I've been seeing more and more clips and content of somebody named. I don't know if you guys have seen this Peter Zian or maybe his last name is pronounced Zion. He's a geopolitical strategist. He I was don't on, know. He is on uh, Joe Rogan a, a couple, okay. two, three weeks ago, which okay. is how I even found out about him. One of the big claims he made in that interview, and I appreciate what I appreciate about appreciate about him is that he talks about administrations and geopolitical absolutely devoid of emotion. This is just his analysis, and I don't agree with all of it. But his one of his key things that he's saying is that China and to some degree Russia have basically less than ten years left to be a major player on the world stage because demographically they just don't have what it takes to actually hold up. The carcass of of their own governments and their own expectations. I could buy sell or hold. I, I could buy that, but I also don't think that's good news. Uh, because you they now now they're going to feel even more cornered. Now there would be a a, a feeling as if um, we've got to make a move, as opposed to we're playing the long game here. Um, also, we're not doing so great demographically. And, uh, well, that's true. The West has been in a demographic winner for well over a decade now. I mean, the birth rates in the U.S. are their lowest they've been in the history of, of time we've recorded them. Um, our marriage rates are the lowest they've ever been in the history since the time we started recording them in the 19th century. So, um, you know, we've killed off 60 million of our own descendants at the exact same time the last 50 years. So, um, but I could absolutely see that being true. But I also don't think we should take any comfort in that because I think that's maybe where the desperation level may cause uh, you to do some things that when you're not as desperate, maybe you don't do. And that's I think that was kind of his point with Taiwan and Ukraine. Yeah. These are kind of their attempts exactly. to go out on their own terms. Yep, yep. exactly. Next, we go... Well, that, that's one of my 10 predictions of the year on China, remember, yeah. that they're at a fork in the road, that they will either fully embrace their own Gorbachevian kind of a character where they'll go even more open and more modernize their society in response to what there's what's going on with the young, the younger class there, or they will full fledged invade Taiwan to double down on their current ideology and try to strengthen um, their foothold in the region. One of the two, that was one of my predictions this year. So that would be kind of in line of what he's talking about on the Rogan show. Grant Thompson says social credit scores will be normalized globally in no less than five years. I think by unless something something's got to change. It is happening. It's already happening. Yeah, I guess you're going to say globally. I'll say yes. I, I don't know that I think that is that will fit the window here because you own 300 million guns here that, that you don't own anywhere else. Has it stopped Drag Queen Story Hour? It hasn't, but but it's also why they haven't done these things at the speed that they have done them in other places here. We all recognize that. So yeah, it has some buffer. It has some, okay? I mean, it doesn't have the buffer it would have had in another generation, the, but it has some is, buffer. This is, they know the bread and circuses equation of all of this. As long as a lot of those guys who may or may not have guns are given the, the, the stuff that they really, really want in the Coliseum, you know, I'm right. People will accept all manner 
of servitude in order to just be comfortable the way they want to be comfortable. I don't disagree with that. But oh, I, think, I know you don't. I, but I don't. I, but I, as you know, but I think that's also more true in some parts of this country than others. Yeah, for okay. sure. Oh, so, so, good grief. I mean, so, so, the SEC isn't making its students get jabbed correct. in order to go to school there. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, like, could I see you're not a, you, you, in California, in New York, you're not any kind of, or Washington state or Oregon, you're not any kind of a citizen in places like that or Illinois. Sure. You bet. Okay. Do I think we'll see that in, mm-hmm. in, uh, in a lot of the, uh, you know, in other places? No, I don't. At least not in five years, but, but the fact that this is even on the table to for a debate demonstrates the clock is ticking. We're not adding time here. The clock is ticking. Yeah, I agree. Next, we go to Jeff Townsend, who says every sport league and event is less interesting and captivating than it was 40 years ago. The only exceptions are the Masters, U.S. Open and the British Open. NCAA tournament might also qualify baseball, professional football, NCAA football, NASCAR and NBA are all shells of previous times. I, I disagree with that. I'll sell because there's so many moving parts on that yeah. one. That I, but I mean, the broadest base point is, you know, what we just got done talking about. I, I, I certainly can entertain it. You can so, say that about literally anything. Yeah. So, so, so 40 years ago would be 1983. Yeah. Okay. Um, absolutely. The NCAA tournament is better than it was in 1983. We were still two years away from a 64 team field. So, um, I think that's absolutely true. Um, I don't, I actually don't know that I agree because he cited tennis, didn't he? Or was it, is that right? No, I don't think there's any Did he say U.S. Open? Oh, U.S. Open. Okay. Okay. Like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I I, I mean, we have, we've got back to back to back to back. Actually, if you go from Sampras to Federer to who's the Spaniard? Um, Nadal. Nadal to, um, the uh Novak yeah yeah thank you uh Djokovic yeah Djokovic so we went from Sampras had the all-time record mm-hmm. for majors one and then um Federer broke it and then Nadal broke yeah Federer's. he said the U.S. Open is an exception okay and his. now you may have uh Djokovic break that record too but I don't know I mean I would argue the Jimmy Connors Bjorn Borg um John McEnroe era was more compelling to watch than what we have now so i i no, i just don't agree with that i think it's debatable on college football i think that's debatable for sure there are um pluses and minuses how the sport has changed um you know i think you can make the case either way shape or form but i don't agree that that's with that blanket statement at all next up Believe it or not, it's just me, says Mount Rushmore of mind-bending, rewatchable TV series. Nice, great American, greatest American hero reference there. I like it. Okay. X-Files, not including the second movie or relaunch. Oh, that's a buy. I would think so, in fact, yeah. In fact, I would imagine rewatching X-Files now oh, yeah. is like rereading a, a nefarious plot now. You're just I like, that's true. What, what in the hell was Chris Carter smoking? Of what was he taking when he was writing these plot lines? Because it's, it's what's in the news right now. And I never watched... The X-Files, like, I've seen episodes, but I was a sporadic viewer, so I bet even more oh, so for I me if I show. went back, yeah. One of my all-time favorites, yeah. Next, Fringe. I've heard of this, I've but heard I've of it. I tried it. to get into it, man. I just could not. I'm aware of it. So I, I, I got to sell just because I'm, 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 I don't know enough of it to make that call. 
Man in the High Castle. That's only a few years old. I mean, they just finished that show, I think, in 2020. But Man in the High Castle is really good. Really good. So I'm going to sell, though, because I think it's a little too early for that to be retroactively applied. I think you could already see as you were watching it a lot of the parallels, actually. I don't think... It, it hasn't it, the the distance in time. I don't think it's ahead of its time enough because it's of this time. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, X Files went off the air. I think in its first run in like 2000 or 2002. So um, I, I'm going to sell on Man in the High Castle, even though I highly recommend it as a watch. And finally, of course, Lost. Well, I think it's the greatest TV show of all time. And rewatching it again with Zoe. I'm going to I'm going to rewatch it again later this year with Anna and her husband. I mean. It's almost better watching it now to see just how nuanced and everything they were and setting up what was going to happen the entire time. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's almost better on a rewatch now. You're, you almost have more appreciation, if you know what's coming, yeah. for just, I mean, that would, I, I would argue without Lost, there's no MCU. A lot of the stuff that we see nowadays that we take for granted, interconnectivity of plot lines, shared universes, Easter eggs. Lost was really, you know, the Mount Sinai yeah. uh, of all of those uh, kind of events. Next up, we go to Chipper, who says the Steve Day show should be three hours. If they want to pay us for that, sure. You know, the, they've got a pretty good show that comes on. Um, I mean, they got Sarah Gonzalez and her stuff comes on with the news and why it matters. And so, but yeah, they come to us and say, we, we're going to pay you more money to do an extra hour. We'll consider it for sure. Next, Miss Amy says, um, it should be something uh, to be concerned about that I have watched every single episode of the Steve Day show, <laughs> and, and except for the ones I've only listened to uh, for the last six years. That's a cause for concern. I will buy because it's actually the spirit of the age and the powers that be that should be concerned uh, by how much better you are prepared to recognize and confront them than you otherwise would have been had you not done those things. So I agree. There is cause for concern. It's just from the enemy. Uh, You know, I, I think you absolutely get a pass for the last three years. Because honestly, I, I think our show has been as important viewing as any show out there uh, since COVID hit. Uh, and I'll take that to my grave. Uh, you, you needed to, to tune into this to see how you were being lied to today. Uh, yeah, other, other than that, when life is uh, semi-normal, you know, hope, uh, hopefully a, sh- a show like this isn't life or death. It actually has been the last three years. Andy in Florida says the number one reason that national divorce is not a viable option, the Borg won't stay on deck 16. Perfect yeah. reference. Perfect reference. This and is, that, that is absolutely yep. correct. Yes. Absolutely correct. That is the perfect pop culture reference. If, if you had a society... Now, when Daniel argues, different people take this position differently. All right. When Daniel is arguing for national divorce, what he's essentially, and he can explain this to you better when he comes on here in about 10 minutes, he's essentially arguing that red states effectively create a national divorce by behaving the way for us that that deep blue states behave for them Mm -hmm. so that there is a very clear, stark, different way of living when you go into the red home than the blue home. Okay. Yes. But the idea 
that they're going to just let us go. If, if we were capable of that form of peaceable federalism, we wouldn't be in the position right. we're in. Okay. And so I think you get that by the analogy that you are making. First of all, you never go wrong with a Star Trek first contact reference. You know, always, yeah, I'm a sucker for that movie. Second greatest Star Trek movie of all time next to uh, the Wrath of Khan. So I'm a sucker for that. But that's a perfectly placed pop culture reference to explain why we couldn't just peaceably go if we wanted to. They won't let us. They're here to fix us. They're here to assimilate us to use your reference. Yeah, so even though right now in Iowa and other states as well, we're just laying waste in the legislature to uh, the groomers and their causes in there, but the, like that out in the hallways during all, af, during all of these subcommittee sessions, uh, there's far more of the, the mob than there are of our people. And no matter how many loses, losses they take, they're still going to be there. They're, they're zombies. They're demons. And yet, just like Daniel has, uh, said, you know, we, we have got to create circumstances where we're making them run off to go live in Los Angeles, in California, with no apologies whatsoever. Because they plan on being locusts. They don't plan on being anything other than locusts. Deal with it. Yes. Right on. Yes. More in overtime. Indeed. Bonus by Stiller Hold coming up for Blaze TV subscribers and overtime. For the rest of you, Daniel Horowitz is coming up next. Boy, with so much Let's Go Brandon chaos going on right now, make sure you stock up on emergency food so you are prepared just in case. Oh, that could never happen here. Happens here. Again, go to MyPatriotSupply.com. Stock up on their popular three-month emergency food kit. When you do, you're going to get $200 worth of survival gear as a free bonus. $200 worth of survival gear as a free bonus. And you'll get also breakfast, lunch, dinner, even drinks and snacks, the full complement of 2,000 plus calories per day that you will get courtesy of the emergency food kit that goes good for three months and stays good for up to 20 plus years with proper storage, courtesy of My Patriot Supply. You'll also score free shipping as well. So free shipping thrown in when you go to MyPatriotSupply.com. Once again, head over to MyPatriotSupply.com. We welcome in the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, although we have to wonder, though, now that he's added best-selling author to his biography, like The Who, who once did an album called The Who Sells Out. Has he sold out? Is this Metallica now? Are they doing Enter Sandman in the Black Album instead of Master of Puppets because they want top 40 success? Is he still a prophet of woe and lamentation now that he is actually a very popular and best-selling author? Let us find out. Daniel, it is good to have you back on the show, brother. How are you? Hey, great to be with you, Steve. If a bestseller falls in the forest, who would know? <laughs> um, you know, I, I did think about that. To be honest, I will admit. Of course you did. Of course you did. If there's anyone I know that does not want mainstream acceptance, <laughs> brother, it is you. Okay. What What would it be like to be on the inside looking out? Um, but but fortunately, Steve, we didn't have to uh, find out what that would be like because we're not. I would say this is probably there's probably no precedent for this. A political book that has sold this many raw copies 
that has gotten so little buzz right. anywhere. I mean, think about it, Steve. I've been busy as anything, and I know you have as well, but neither of us have been busy pitching the book. I mean, let's be honest. Outside of our circle of friends and Blaze Network, handful of maybe very local radio shows, I have not been doing much media. Um, no one is interested in this. And even as everyone talks about gain of function in the Wuhan lab, but they don't want to take it to where it matters and the way it matters. And I think that's emblematic of why we wrote the book, because the conservative movement is the way it is. They'll never focus on the issue that matters at the time it matters. So, uh, you know, even as they literally tighten the noose around our necks, Rather than us putting the noose around their necks, they're criminalizing our people for not going along with their genocide. To this day, they're concocting new versions of this right now, building the biomedical surveillance state. There is no effort to focus on this, get rid of it, um, legislate it. There's there's not much of an effort, Steve. So, again, you have this dichotomy that we're like a nuclear bomb within our sphere where if you probably had to add up books purchased per number of listeners of our respective audiences, it probably blows off the charts. But outside of that, doesn't exist. So thankfully, Steve, I am just the same outsider I always was, and it looks like we're <laughs> going to remain that way. How and I'm much, fine with it. How much of it do you think is the title of the book? I've had, I've had some people tell me off the record who matter. I just can't because of the title of the book. How much of that is an excuse? Uh, I can't do Rise of the Fourth Reich. We're already trying to fight off. We're Nazis and everything else. This just, you know, brings that into the vocabulary. I can't do it. How much of that is an excuse and how much of it is the content of the book, regardless of what we titled it? Uh, Steve, I really don't think it has anything to do with the title. Again, it could be one or two people. It has nothing to do with the, t with, with the title. It has to do with why we wrote the book. We shouldn't have had to have written this book because this is not some sort of um, complicated issue. You know, central digital banking currency, which is a very important issue, but it's, you have to understand financials for it. We all lived through this. Mm -hmm. And yet we're like, wait a minute. Th they just said, oh, yeah, we killed a bunch of people. Hey, now we're going to authorize it. Yeah, you know, we saw problems with it, but, you know, you got to introduce it into the population to see what happens. They literally just said that yesterday with the RSV shot. They're doing it. They're doing it in broad daylight, and nothing is changing. Um, we succeeded in getting a number of bills introduced. Politico had a whole article complaining about that, all this legislation um, that has never been introduced, and that is a success. Uh, it's, it's a first step, but none of it went anywhere. Almost none of it went anywhere so far in the reddest of states because – Every governor but DeSantis is a COVID fascist, is a biomedical supremacist, is a corporatist, a globalist, and we don't have red states in America. So that's why we wrote the book. So, Steve, I'm actually not even upset or surprised. I would have been upset if this was just like, yeah, duh, okay, what's the big deal? Mm -hmm. um, that's the, the biggest feedback I'm seeing is that especially for those that have followed every word that you and I have been saying for three years, like, well, you know, I kind of knew a lot of this, but it was the, the bombshell of motivating people to activism. Mm -hmm. And that's what we wanted. That's what's lacking in the conservative movement. They don't care about that. Even when they dabble into 
this issue like this week it got in a little bit yeah it's just for their modus operandi like oh but fauci but the democrats or china you know gotta fight china it's narrative driven it's not a continuity of agenda to save civilization so it i I just don't think it's in their wheelhouse i don't think it's anything like oh boy i don't want to touch that i just think it's kind of out of sight out of mind Steve, can I say one thing? Sure. I don't want to take up Daniel's time, but you two won't say it. Uh, I know you won't. I'll say it. This has a lot more to do with your two names than it does to do with the title. You of think the... so? Oh, I'm absolutely mm. certain. You're not allowed to be you two and actually expect actual results and just, instead of just clicks and, hey, we own the libs like that. That's the problem. You guys have – forget this issue. You, you, it's your careers. You're only about. You're only allowed to get so far because you actually want to go all the way and win this whole damn ball game. And you simply aren't allowed. Prove me wrong. Any of you? Call me up. You want to respond to that? What do you think? Like, let's put that to the test. Let's say, let's say Brian Kilmeade and Sean Hannity write the exact same book. You think it gets more media coverage than than we did? Oh my gosh! <laughs> Come on, man. It it, it I mean, rivals DeSantis's book for for number one. Of course. Um, oh yeah, I mean because the issue is big. When you when you focus people's attention on it, you can't move away from it. And and Steve, this is from the conservative perspective. Then you have from the cartels perspective. I you know I was getting ready for the ADL and whatever, mm-hmm. but I think as a reflection of what they're actually doing with the biomedical surveillance state, they're quietly building it. They, they're not even trying to do fact check anymore in debate because that will accentuate the focus, which is why Joe Biden did not really mention the vaccines during his his State of the Union address. It was like they're quietly. I mean, yesterday they literally had a Fourth Reich meeting and said, oh, the RSV shot killed people and gave Guillain-Barre and we don't have good data. We're going to prove it anyway. Data. Yeah. So we're going to do it anyway. Yeah. They literally said, like, Nancy Pelosi will pass the bill to find out what's in it. Well, I mean, look, all roads lead to, you know, post-marketing uh, surveillance, <laughs> even though they ignored all the current thing. And they're doing it anyway. So they don't need to debate us, Steve. Mm-hmm. They don't want to debate us. They just do. They just we're sitting and owning the libs with the cheerleaders and the concession concession stands mm-hmm. on the side of the stadium. They're out there making the plays and and running up the scoreboard. And, and we're happy about our our memes. And look, we we discredited them. You might have discredited them in the eyes of the majority of the people. And I think I think we did. But they're still doing it. Right. Right. All right, you mentioned Ron DeSantis. Let's spend a few minutes talking about what's going on with him right now. Because in my view, they're doing something very clever. The timing of the release of his book, um, you know, it, it's I've been told from people in the know, DeSantis is not formally getting in the race until after the legislative session, right? So that's probably not going to be till around June. Uh, so... What do you do to bridge that gap? And they're not in a legislative session right now. You put a book out before the legislative session starts. You essentially do a soft launch of your own presidential campaign with a lot of the, the themes of what you will eventually run on so that then you, you get media coverage constantly when the legislative session is in session, when you're actually moving an agenda. And then yep. you do this whole thing all over again, but more formal and more detailed when you formally launch a presidential campaign later this summer. So you basically get two for one here, like at the end of a shot clock in a basketball game. Am I reading this right? 
You know, Steve, I'm not going to lie. I, I am refreshing the Amazon book page, you know, every few <laughs> minutes. So I'm up on that more than I've ever been before. So I was watching, you know, as books were introduced into the market since we came out with ours. And, you know, I was blown away by Bernie Sanders. Man, he really, you know, got to the top of the political books. He was like, you know, number 20, 25 in the nation. With DeSantis, the night before it was even released, it became the number one book. And, um, I mean, that means everything. Nonfiction, non-politics, yeah. blew out Prince Harry. And, and, and to clarify, Amazon, Amazon, when you look at Audible and everything else, represents about 80% of the book market in America. So we're talking all formats, um, all genres, everything, yeah. number one. Yeah. Yeah, this is more successful than Trump's book when he ran for president, any presidential candidate. It's it's pretty remarkable. I think th there was an interesting thing. There's a lot of advantages to getting in late. Um, at a baseline, he doesn't need to get in early because he it, just the platform he's built, um, he doesn't need it. He could he could ride in any time. But there is one downside that he keeps he, he keeps taking incoming fire without responding. And there's good to that, but there's also a downside to that. And this afforded him that platform to bridge that divide, not get into the race, but he's gradually been responding to it very um, passive aggressively, uh, you know, rather than confronting the bull by the horns. This guy's a piece of whatever kind of like laughs it up. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's interesting. He always took credit for endorsing me. He thought it was such a great thing. He endorsed such a terrible governor, things like that. So I think it's, it's a brilliant move. It also just speaks to the fact that, you know, for really since Reagan, we have suffered from a problem that we can never have nice things in terms of. The, the more skilled you are as a politician, the bigger dirtbag you are. And if you're really intrepid on ideology, you just you're just not going to you know, mm -hmm. you're not going the distance. You know, um, you're never going to get anyone better than Louis Gohmert. Right. Dear friend of mine, like that guy was in Congress for 20 years and never <laughs> betrayed us mm -hmm. a single time, which is why they but he was him. never going to be yeah. presidential material. Right. Right. And that's that's the thing. That's what you have with him. Someone that actually is not compromising an inch on the issues, but he is getting, cons I wouldn't say consensus, but a number of people in the party and donors to say, hey, that's a winner. Um, I might have chosen neo neocon or someone else, but, you know, it's either him or Trump. So I'll go with him. And, you know, Trump's people are trying to use that against him. But look, if you're looking for success, what else do you want? Take yes for an answer. Do you agree or disagree with the statement that there is almost no chance anyone other than Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump will be the Republican nominee about 13, 14 months from now. You know, already in 2016, before the Fourth Reich, and people weren't nearly as red-pilled among primary voters as they are today, what was it? In a, any given state, it was usually 70 to 80% voted for either Trump or Cruz. Right. So that whole, like, you know, Scott Walker... Um, Jeb Bush, I forget what else you had. Marco Rubio. Then. Marco Rubio. So, so the Marco Rubio this time is the Nikki Haley, the Tim Scott, the the Mike Pence, the Mike Pompeo. I mean, I don't even understand how you have all these guys running in the same genre. Uh, a neocon like the you know 500 billion for Ukraine, 700 billion. I don't even know how you have all of them there. But no, I mean it's it's going to be one of those two. In, in fact, I, Steve, I would say. If it's not, which I it will be, it's a hundred times more likely it will be someone like Viva, however you pronounce that guy's name, yeah, than any of those yeah. known quantities. Yep. Yeah. 
Interesting. All right. What haven't I asked you about that you want to tell our audience about here in the final two minutes we have left? What haven't you asked me about? Um, is that a loaded question, Steve? I'm, I'm getting worried. I was. I listened to your interview with Dell Bigtree that you did last week this morning. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very fascinating. And we've had Dell on the show a few times as well uh, over at the High Wire, but talking about his past as a liberal Democrat, then he realized he was on the team that didn't believe people could make decisions for themselves, and he just wasn't comfortable with that. You know, and then what's the point of becoming a Republican? Because then you just think corporations get to make decisions for people instead. So he kind of views himself as politically homeless. I I found that part of your conversation with him to be very fascinating. And I think it's probably the way a lot of Americans feel right now. And and I think, Steve, if DeSantis taps into that that market, I think there are Naomi Wolf's Dell Big Trees out there that that are ripe for pickings. And, you know, his op-ed in the Wall Street Journal today uh, talking about Disney and failed GOP corporatism, uh, that entire mindset. If he keeps that up, I think that's going to tap not just into the GOP base, make him very electable in the general election. Um, that's that's what I see there. I would also just say about the Dell Big Tree thing, dude, this was not the first time we've been lied to. They've been playing God with our immune system forever. And I know this is going to be music to um, Todd's ears, but yes. increasingly I'm of the belief that the entire vaccination agenda, this just carte blanche agenda has always been incompatible with our theological positions and, and increasingly so. Hmm. Good stuff, my friend. Enjoy your, enjoy selling out. Congratulations. Enjoy your newfound popularity. Take care, Steve. There's right. always next time. <laughs> That's right. Thank you, Daniel. Thoughts on our conversation with Daniel or anything else as we close it out here today? Well, I remember having the, the the one and only time I've met Daniel in person when we were down in Dallas, and he gave me a version of, of, of that. Uh, and it's 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 more than I expected. He just offered it freely, but I, I do believe that it is is true. It, this is it's not simply a science based question. Uh, there are theological things we've taken for granted about how we are made in the image and likeness of God, while simultaneously fallen in need of a redeemer Mm -hmm. what does that mean for the minute we are born most parents christian or otherwise believe we are such a ticking time bomb that we instantly need to start plunging needles into our children i think there are theological questions there that we need to ask as well as scientific daniel gets it no question about it i mean we kind of got into that earlier this week with uh, the alex berenson pierre Corey debate and the worldview surrounding this and uh maybe aside from from the issue of of surrogacy, which my thinking went from I didn't think about it to I think it's human trafficking. Um, maybe my thinking is is rivaling that as my thinking on on vaccines because of this. It was just for whatever reason we just allowed vaccination, the topic of vaccination, to just go and be injected in the bloodstream. It was just like. It was as as normal. It was as common as, uh, you know, a, a day that ends in Y. We just nobody thought about it. Nobody questioned it. Of course, these are doctors. They're well trained. They they have they have to take the Hippocratic oath. And my doctor is telling me I need this, 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 this and this. Or your kid is going to get really, really sick or die or at least has the chance to to do that. But then when you start asking questions and peeling back the layers, Really, a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of those uh, a lot of those questions don't have very good answers, and that's kind of where I am right now on that issue. 
BlazeTV.com slash Dace is where you can watch bonus by Southern Hold in the overtime and subscribe to Blaze TV as well for $10 a month. Hope to see you there later today. For the rest of you, we'll see you tomorrow. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.